I've heard it said that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. But I'm also learning in my journey that sometimes a season will come into your life for a reason to change you for a lifetime. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes a season comes into your life for a reason to change you for a lifetime. I believe that I have been in the midst of a season where everything is changing. And I'm also excited that we are entering into season two of Hope Rising. This is going to be a season where we continue to explore the power of not only the the, the power of per- perseverance and persistence of humans, but the power of God that enables people to stand up and find themselves in him far after they were ready to give up on their own. And so I want to welcome to some of you for the first time Welcome to Hope Rising, and for some of other, some of you others, welcome back. Uh, I want to start off by saying, if you guys haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe to Hope Rising wherever you're watching it. Maybe you're watching it uh, on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, leave comments, leave a review, give us your feedback. But also, please make sure you share this with a friend. It is time for us to start growing. Uh, if you, if this is your first time hearing us, if today's conversation moves you, go back to see. Season one, there are some gems, there are some beautiful, incredible conversations with powerful and inspirational individuals. And one of the ins- individuals that you didn't get a chance to really hear much in season one, but he was always present, was the producer of Hope Rising. I often referenced him. And when I referenced him, I said that he was this powerful man of faith powerful man of integrity who always stepped in and stepped up when I needed him, not only as a producer of this podcast, but also as a friend and as a man of of God and a man of faith. And, and, And don't get me wrong. I understand some of you guys are listening. You want the hope and the inspiration. You don't want all the God talk. I get it. But when I think about Jason Hairston, I have to mention God and I have to mention faith because those are the pillars he stands on as he stands as a man and a business owner and a father and a husband and for me, a brother. So without further ado, we got to kick off season one by just having a dialogue with me and my boy, Jay. So Jason Hairston, welcome to Hope Rising. What up, Joe? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For all of you that are listening, he has his arms in the air like he won some award or something. I said it like he ain't never he ain't been on all the rest of the episodes. Right. What they always <laughs> miss, Jason. This is why I'm excited about season two, by the way. Yeah. So we actually um shifted what program we used to record now. And yes, Jason be making these ridiculous faces during filming. And now <laughs> I'm gonna start creeping some of those faces into the broadcast. Cause he, you know, he he hands me like, hey, here's you know, here's the the video that I produced, and I'm about to just just add extra shots in. Where did that come <laughs> from? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> So, Jay, I guess yeah. uh, get us started with this, man. As you reflect on season one, um, we sat down with some incredible individuals, uh, celebrity chefs, uh, Olympians, uh, authors. Uh, we sat down with so many incredible people. As you reflect on that, what do you feel like you learned from our first season of just sitting down and talking about hope with individuals? Honestly, bro, I feel like I learned how much I needed it. Like, so, so like, 
you know, like as you put something out together and, you know, as, as we sought out these amazing individuals that we had, uh, don't get me wrong. It, it was incredible. And yes, we sought them out for the sake of like, man, I feel like it's going to be a really good interview. I really feel like people really be inspired by it. But as we sat in these interviews and listened to these people give their 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 stories and um, their triumphs, their wins, their losses, how but how they kept hope overall. As I listened to it, I like each recording. I I I walked away so fulfilled, you know, so so hope filled. No pun intended, but really, I felt hope rising. Which each person that um, we talked to. Um, to, to hear, you know, the, the different gems and everything like that. Like, I know, like, for example, one gem that sticks out in my mind is when we interviewed, um, entrepreneur, uh, Eddie Bowles Jr. Mm. Um, if you all didn't catch that episode, make sure you go back and listen to it, listen to mm -hmm. all of them. But, um, one of the things Eddie said was that sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to build the wall but we really need to focus on building one brick at a time excellently. And if we focus on building one brick at a time excellently and we do that over time, next thing you know, you'll have the wall. So, you know, it'll be like little things like that. Um, or, or, you know, as, as we talked about, as we talked with um, Sharmir, um, the, the artist who he, he went viral for the first wax, uh, um, figure no not figurine what's the right word i, I, uh, I don't know i, I would have said figurine wax figure so, yeah. let me just figure <laughs> <laughs> so anyway he he did the wax figure of a uh, nipsey hustle he went viral for that and talking to him and hearing how like every little bit that he used like like he didn't leave any gifting unturned and everything felt like a way to like express what god had given him and so as i listened to these individuals and their stories couldn't help but to feel hopeful and then reflective of like, okay, so if that happened for them and if they used every, every arrow that was in their metaphorical quiver, then let me make sure to check mine and to see what arrows I can shoot out, you know? Mm. And so I, I think that that's what I, I learned from each person of like, yo, you, you have, arrows in your quiver you have things that you're gifted in and 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 you have just so much to give the world and so much purpose and gifting inside of you why not like use that and not just to use it and and that's and that's a crazy thing right mo because like we i think season one we didn't really talk to any like church like like pastors or anything like that like we mm -hmm. like we didn't interview anybody who's like specifically a spiritual leader yes we talked to uh nobles darby uh the fourth who is um the chaplain, chaplain. for mm -hmm. the Cavs and the browns mm -hmm. but he was the closest thing everybody else were just in the marketplace and a good a good amount of people that we interviewed were christians kingdom men and women of god in the marketplace mm -hmm. and so you know it, I, I think it was just learning how okay, my gifting isn't just for the church, isn't just for the four walls, the ecclesia. That's that's the fancy word, the Greek word that <laughs> some Christians like to say. You always going to use a fancy word. That's, that, that was a dollar fifty word. I didn't have but a dollar in my pocket. But Listen, I, I want to slow you down right here, Jason, because I, I want to spend some time here um, and I want to make this personal. 
Um, yeah, you said that it was like a, a, a reminder, a weekly reminder um, that you have a quiver and you have arrows and there's value in those arrows. I want you to talk more about that. Um, yeah. Why is it hard for people in general to remember the power of what they have in their own quiver? And why was that important thing for you? And then, and then follow up with that is as you're in that answer, what are you learning is in the quiver? I mean, like make this real, <laughs> what is in your quiver? Yeah. I, I think what makes it hard for people to see what's in their own quiver is because experiences, life and situations have blinded them from what's in their quiver. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so there, there's been certain, certain, uh, certain circumstances, um, certain people, certain situations that happen to these individuals and they've been traumatic. And because they weren't processed in the right way and weren't processed well, when you heard such and such say, Oh, you're a loser. You took that on as your identity instead of hearing that as, okay, that's your brokenness trying to put your broken pieces onto me. Mm. That, that, that's your wounds. You trying to bleed that out onto me. And so instead of letting that roll off and say like, no, I'm not a loser. We, we let it, um, I've, I've heard it say in this way, we, we let it, we let them write in our cement when it's wet. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm sorry. Give me that again. Give me that line again. Yep. And I'm I'm an admitted plagiarist. And listen, listen. So I heard that specifically specifically from Dr. Hart Ramsey. He's the one I heard it from. And he was talked about how certain things are written in our submit when it's wet. Mm. So again, when you, if you think about concrete, if you think about cement, if you think about a sidewalk as they're laying it down, it comes out liquid and everything, but what like, you know, there's the whole thing of like, you know, put a handprint on it or something like that, or even like the Hollywood, like stars of fame and whatnot, they'll do their hands and whatnot. And so that gets imprinted. And so then when it gets hardened, it stays within the cement. Mm, well, that made, so, that that makes me think about. I'm sorry, I got to I got to jump. We about yeah, to talk for man. We about to. Yeah. I've been watching too much of the basement lately. We just about to have us <laughs> conversation. Okay, uh, here for it. You know, uh, hey, we pressing B right now. Um, I, I was at my grandmother's house. My grandmother is 93 years old. Shout out to Mary Jean Fleming, who is not listening to this podcast, but I'm giving her the shout out anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she deserves it. She deserves uh, it, though. So I'm at her house, and I'm standing in her driveway, and I have a moment where I remember, and this is just maybe a couple months ago, I remember that I was there when they poured the cement for the driveway. And because mm. I remember that, I remembered that they carved their initials, my grandmother and my grandfather carved their initials into the driveway. Wow. And so because I had this memory... I kind of remembered where it was and I looked in and the cement had worn over time. This was, I don't know, 30 years ago and I could just faintly make out some initials. And I thought to myself, sometimes it's been so long since things have been carved into the concrete that only the people who know where to look can find it. Ooh, Do I need to say that again? 
Sometimes it has been so long since something was carved into that wet concrete that only the people, only the experts, only the ones who were there or the ones who have the intimate knowledge of it even know that the marks in the cement are there. And I think that that's how things get a little crazy sometimes is that if you don't really know where to look, there will be whole words and phrases and sentences and song lyrics and things written in your cement. And because you never looked in that part of your driveway, your car has been driving up and down and back and forth past things that are shifting and changing your identity. She put her names in it. Her name yeah. and his name were in that cement. Well, see, I have some names in, in the cement of my driveway as well. And if I'm not careful, I'll take on the identity. I'm sorry. I'm in a place yeah. right now, man. No, get it. Hit it. Hit I'm it, in a place it, right now. I hope that makes sense to everybody, right? Here's the analogy. Let me take it out of the cement because maybe somebody's like, look, dog, you keep talking about this cement and you, now you're just confusing me, right? <laughs> right. Sometimes right. in life, we are in a place where we're vulnerable. And in that time, how people interact with us, it makes a difference. So if you are wide open to everybody's feedback and everybody's comments and everybody's conversations and somebody wounds you with words, they scar you with with um, with telling you their opinions about you or their thoughts about you. And, and, and it, it casts a shadow over your 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 own perception of yourself. I thought I was yeah. I was a good person. This person makes me feel like crap. I thought I had potential. This person is making me feel like a loser. And if you're not careful, you will take those words and you will you will grasp hold of them and you will take hold of them and you will make them your identity. A thousand percent, bro. Be, because like I, like I think about it for the ones that um, have unfortunately been in like abusive relationships. Right. That that's that's the whole thing that they like tear them down. And tear them down so much and get them such in that vulnerable place so that, you know, it's not always physical, but it's the mental saying. And and, and it, will, it will sometimes like leak out, too. Right. Well, like when sometimes you hear somebody say, oh, sorry, you know, I can be a bit too much. Well, who told you that? Where where did that come from that you're too mm-hmm. much like like, oh, you know, sorry, I, I know I can be real loud or, you know, real obnoxious. Who told you that? Like, did 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 I come from you? Or or did that or did that come from somebody who didn't understand the the excitement and the the you know, the gifting inside of you that is a little bit louder, but you know, because been, somebody couldn't handle you, I've been they're gonna that, say, that, oh, you're just obnoxious. Do you ever think about that when you think about what you what you've become in your career? You know, like you you're a beat maker and you do all this stuff and. A lot of people like that used to, you know, bang on the table with spoons and and all that and get in trouble. Man, I was always getting yelled at for talking. (laughs) Mm, Wow. Wow. I was always getting yelled at for talking. And it it hit me one day. This This was about three years ago now, two years ago. And I'm standing in front of a TV camera hosting a TV show. And I'm remembering that I always used to get yelled at and told to shut up. And yet I was put on the earth to speak. (laughs) wow you know it's like oh oh wow because we want everybody to conform into certain behaviors and certain ways of acting and you this is the right thing and this is the wrong thing and this is appropriate and this is inappropriate and and sometimes it's true and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's accurate and sometimes we have people out of position 
So it depends on the moment, right? So I'm not talking yeah. about every time I got to shut up. Sometimes I needed to shut up. <laughs> right, right, right. But there right. was also some moments where I was in a room um, and I was out of position. And be, because I, I feel like when it comes to our purpose, bro, like as we like, it's offensive to fully walk in your purpose. Ooh, what that? What? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, then go somewhere. What? Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's offensive to fully walk in your purpose. Like when you really see somebody like fully themselves and fully walking into how they've been gifted and everything like that. Other people get offended because either they can't handle it or they're envious because okay, I see you walking in your thing, and then it makes them reflect. Okay, how come I'm not walking in my thing? And it makes them judgy. Oh, and jealous, man. You know who I just because thought about, right? Jesus. Uh, oh, that would have been the right answer. <laughs> that would have been. No, no, no. That would have. You know, Ooh. that would have been. If I was, if I was more holy, that would have been my answer. I'm. I am. A, I am a man of God. I am the man <laughs> of God. Um, and I was not wait, that wait, holy wait. in that moment. Wait, but before you answer, can can I guess again? Yeah, give me another one. Coach Prime. You already know. I was thinking about Coach Prime. <laughs> Like yes. all of a sudden I was yes. like, oh my God. Right. You see, you see a man, um, for those of you that don't know, you know, I have, I have, I think most, most of us have a couple people who are like heroes that we really look up to. And I have this small list and, um, um, you know, coach Deion Sanders is, is, is certainly one of those people. Um, and has been for most of my life, but really in this season for how he walks in his faith and how he walks in his confidence and belief. I mean, I literally watch his press conferences just so I can learn, about faith. Like it's a weird thing to say, but it's real. And no, when you said that, Jay, I'm like, oh my gosh. When he walks all the way boldly in it, it's offensive to people. It makes people so angry. It turns Upset. so many people off. People team up against them. They're railing against the team. Ah, that's what they get for losing. Well, they lost because they only won one game last season and they were playing against the number whatever team in the country. And they were probably going to lose this game the whole time. And the fact that they only won, lost by one touchdown shows how good the people are. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always like the yeah. real story. But yeah. then there's like the narrative people want to to create because they're offended by purpose. Offended. Oh like, my gosh, Jason! Oh, we get we go in there in season two, huh? Uh, hey, bro, we we ain't here to pull no punches, man. Mm. And, and because because I, I feel like a lot of times when we feel like when we walk in, like we think it's really going to be all sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns when, as we start to walk in what God has given us, but it's like. I'll least speak for me, the more I'm realizing, okay, you know, my, my giftings, you know, whether it is podcasting, but in general, I would say more specifically, like in like speaking, because that's been a big thing for me, like throughout my life, like I've talked when I've needed to, but I've been pretty quiet, but I'm just in a, even before we started recording, bro, you were saying like, bro, you can't keep hiding. Like, like this is the time, like you got to be out and you got to talk, you got to speak. And so even as I've been embracing that more, I feel like it's been that much harder on me emotionally and mentally, mm. um, just personally, of trying to break out of who I thought I was to accept who I am. Oh, do you want to know why and it's so, been so hard for you to break out of it, Jason? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Talk to me nice. 
everybody Talk to me nice. Everybody in in season one, they mostly got Maurice the host. And there was on and like the prophet only came out like a couple times. Like he kind of like snuck mm-hmm. out by accident a couple times. Everybody who's really paying attention knows what's up, right? You know, like mm-hmm. he don't take no no notes and he'd be real profound with everything he says. It's called the Holy Spirit. Um yep. <clears throat> you about to get the prophet on this one. I so I'm so sorry. Um Jason. No, no, I, if people I, I are coming to if, if if the enemy's goal was to come at you to attack your identity, you said that what you learned in season one was that you had to know what was in your quiver. Mm. Inside of a quiver are arrows. Arrows are used to attack people from a distance. And so sometimes what happens is if I don't go into my bag, into my quiver and pull out my arrows and attack what, (laughs) and attack that thing that is trying to attack me, I will let it get too close and if you get too close, then the arrows don't have the same significance because I don't have time to do the pullback. <laughs> so I feel like this is a lesson for you that sometimes I need to get into my bag before the danger comes. I got to be proactive in knowing what I bring to the table, knowing who I am and my gifts and my strengths and in all those things. And I need to say, God. I'm I'm not going to wait till somebody offends me to say who I am. I'm not going to wait till yeah. I'm feeling broken to say God show me who I am. I'm going to declare and decree when when coach Prime takes them buffaloes into a stadium, they're on attack. And they don't care yeah. if the other team is supposed to win, quote unquote, or not. They're going to attack that team and they're going in with their own game plan. Yeah, I know you got yeah. a game plan for me, but I got a game plan for you. And the question is, are you playing defense and are you waiting for the offensive to hit you before you reach into your bag and pull out your arrows? Bro, that's so good. Because cause, cause I just thought about Samson, right? Mm. If he would have been in his bag sooner, he might have still been around. That's it. But but what happened? He he flexed when the enemy got too close. Because I, and, and forgive me, I, it was I think it was with Delilah. I, I, yeah, I think it was with Delilah where he was talking about like like where he's kind of flexing like like oh I am I am this my hair has never been cut you know I'm man of God I'm this and that and that like running down like who he was, how God has made him and everything. But it was too late. Delilah was already in the bed. And then Mm. bit by bit, she got too close. The hair chopped off and my man was locked up. And now again, you know, he, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna leave right there. I I think that that's, that's, that's where the heart of it is. And so like, to your point, like we, we, we can, like, we really have to keep in front of us who we are. Because if not, if we're not in our bag, then it, it's easy to like creep in. It's easy for the enemy to get one little foothold. All it, all it takes is one little what if. That's how humanity fell, right? That's it. That's it. Because all, all, all Satan did was ask Eve a little foothold of a question and to let him in. Adam did and God Eve really lost say? their identity in part because of proximity. They let the serpent get all the way in. 
they let him come up and they, and there was this conversation that's taking place. Did you ever see where it says that that Eve ate this the fruit and then the scripture says and and then she handed it to to Adam who was with her? My wife pointed that out to me. I said, "What does it say?" <laughs> that was with her, which means they were in the same place. Eve was talking to the serpent. Adam was being a, was being a guy, probably halfway like like locked into the conversation, halfway out of it, and and he <laughs> you you just let you just let this thing come up to her and just to just start chit chatting, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe all the animals used to speak back then, and they could understand them all. But all I know is she was sweet talking to the wrong one. And sometimes mm-hmm. in life, look, I'll speak for me, Jay. There's been some times in my life where I knew it was a snake I was in front of, but because of my own insecurities or because of feeling or because of, of my lack of discernment in a moment, I let someone get in far too close and then got caught off guard when I was struck. But they're a serpent. That's what they were going to do. The serpent was always going to strike. And so sometimes Absolutely. what we do is we we play this waiting game because well, well maybe they've changed it's a serpent it's in front of you a serpent the serpent's gonna serpent like right. at the end of the day serpent's like so I got some I got some friends you, you stop stop letting the dog around the dog is gonna dog eventually like that's just a fact <laughs> you know what I'm saying like he's a dog he was always a dog he was a dog before you met him he was a dog while you were dating him he's a dog now that he all he did was bark. All he did was bite. He was always going to, and he always will. And so the reality right. is, now don't get me wrong. There's a time when what you see is a person who is broken but wounded. And the person who is broken just needs to heal. And once the wound is guarded and protected and healed, then they will go back to acting as normal. But I have right. to know the difference between a wounded person and a snake. Sometimes they can both strike out at you. But yeah. they are different. Ooh. Sweet God. Yeah. Oh, man. They can both strike out at you, but you really got to discern. Like, yeah, that discernment piece is huge, bro. It is, oh, right? That's so good. And, and discernment and, has to go in every direction, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and even just in general, like in, in the realm of what we're talking about, like the Bible is clear that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm. Like a resistance, I feel like takes some distance. Like, because if I'm going to resist you, that means I'm going to get you away. Like, I, I can't have you close. Like, I like I have to get some distance between us to resist you, to really resist and everything. Um, I don't know, cause, cause I'm so sitting on this whole like arrow thing, man, and like getting close and whatnot, like getting in our bag, because that really is what happened. Um. Any anybody that you see, or like for example, like Jezebel, right? Um, especially within the church, a lot of people like to bring up, oh, Jezebel spirit and everything. Well, let's look more at like what a Jezebel spirit is, or like what happens in that situation. Like a Jezebel is a person that connects to higher like leadership, upper leadership. Hmm. So it's somebody that is close in with leadership. The only reason King Ahab, I believe that, you know, did what he did is because Jezebel was in close with him. Come on. But if he would have kept him at a distance as he should have, then he probably would have had a little bit more. If David kept Bathsheba out 
in the distance and didn't say, bring her to me, bring her in close. You preaching now. Come on. Uh, come on. Okay. <laughs> no, you in your bag is where you are. Right. And, and, you know, it's so, it's so interesting because, um, that scripture you just referenced, it says, therefore submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil. And he will flee. Yes. Right. And so, like, like that's where some people get it is they try to resist the devil in their own strength. They try to they try to resist the devil with only what's in their man made bag. I'm not really concerned with your man made bag. I'm submitted. Right. I, I'm 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 concerned about what is in your God given bag. Yes. Ooh, I never thought about those words before. Thank you, Lord. Your- just think about the bag. difference, right? Sometimes what happens yeah. is when when things get heavy and tough and stressful, we think about what we've built with our hands and we think that's what's in our bag. And so mm-hmm. we we pull out like things that come from ego or pride or whatever whatever that and it doesn't work. And so the enemy just uses it against you. And you're like, but I thought, and he's like, well, that's was the problem was you was thinking instead of praying. And right. so what the scripture says yeah. is submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil and he will flee. It's me going now, Lord, I surrender everything to you, to your plan, to your will, to your way. I want what you want for my life. So I'm asking you, tell me which weapons to use. You made me, yeah. you created me, you know what's ahead of me, you know what I need to do to face it. And so now when I go into my bag, I'm not just pulling out a, a, a Maurice arrow. This is Jesus's arrow. This is, this is this is this is the word of God. Like he said, if he said, ain't nothing you can say to sin. And that's the problem is we want to just pull it, pull out our own bag. No, I want God's bag. What did God say about me? How did God create me? What did he create me to do and say and be? What can I stand in and stand on from a surrendered posture with God? Because if I'm resisting the devil while giving all to God, God then can reign as my protector in that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I shoot out the arrow, but he puts fire on the arrow while it's in the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Ooh, bro. And then I, I can't help but think about David, right? I feel like David is the perfect like illustration of what you're talking about. Because the man-made bag was Saul's armor. That's it. And if David wasn't, didn't know himself well enough and comfortable with himself enough, he would have been like, okay, this is what I need. Let me, let me, let me go into this man-made bag here to take on this giant. But like, I, I think there's something to be said that we really need to be confident and secure in the bag that God has given us and to see like, okay, uh, a sling and a stone is enough. Oh man! And, and Lord. So, and, oh, and, I'm so sorry. I don't know what yeah. Holy Spirit is doing right now, but this is this is bananas. Is. People are hearing this in real time. I'm so. Oh, yep. Listen to this. Yep. Listen to this. David, in his most pivotal battle in young life, removes the armor that people expect him to wear as the king and the warrior in that moment. He's he's standing for the king. He's standing in on behalf of the king in that moment. 
David is already the king. Let's be very clear. He's already been anointed king. The next king, maybe the king standing in front of him doesn't know that, but he knows. Mm -hmm. He had to take off the last king's armor to wear his own and his own looked like his flesh. His own looked like whatever he wore in. Now, I want you to think about when David gets the Ark of the Covenant. And the scripture says that David realizes he has to worship God as they travel. And David begins to worship in front of the of the ark to the point where all of his kingly robes come off. He dances yeah. off the garb that people would think to, is to be the king. And now he looks the same as he was when he slayed Goliath. Now, I'm not saying he was but naked when he slayed Goliath, but he said, certainly wasn't wearing them kingly robes or the kingly armor or anything that yeah. was supposed to yeah. represent the king. Because when I represent God, I must be willing to get naked before him. I'll get more un undignified than this. Like... Like it, it, it doesn't matter. Like the, like the titles don't matter. What position I hold doesn't matter. Definitely. Like God matters. My relationship with him, my heart towards him matters. Creating me a clean heart, renew a, a right spirit. He didn't say cre creating me a, a clean bloodline or, you know, renew a, a, a right rule as I rule these people, God. No, David was way more concerned with his heart and his relationship and standing with God than he was any appearance of kingliness or anything like that. I that, think that's that, why that's we've, what took precedence. That's why we've seen some leaders fall in our time, right? Um, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking negative about people. I'm simply saying right. one thing that we've we've witnessed as as a um, Christian people is when individuals cannot be checked or checked on because they're the king of the castle. So somebody's yeah. like, hey, pastor, you seem like you're an heir. <laughs> hey, pastor, <laughs> it seems like your eyes have been some places that are dangerous, hey, but you can't say anything to them because you get checked. I'm the king. Say nothing to me. And and we yeah. understand that pride cometh before the fall, right? And so sometimes yes. when nobody, when I have no accountability, or when I only have accountability that I acknowledge when it stands for what I want today. I'm then let, now when I resist the devil, I'm resisting the devil without the submission to God. Because submission to God is also submission to the men of God that he places around me. That that's a real thing. 100%. Like we 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 he doesn't make us do this on our own. He said it's not good for man to be alone. So I'm not supposed to be an island doing things all by myself. I understand that's yeah. about Adam and Eve, but at the end of the day, that's also about his church. Yes. <laughs> it's the design yes. of how of how he builds things. If Jesus, if Jesus was supposed to do it all by himself, why did he walk around with disciples? I mean, if God if God in the flesh didn't do it by himself, why are you? And I have what to always you think ask you can. Come on. Like, like the perfect man that we call Jesus Christ of Nazareth had a whole crew and you think you're going to take on the world, just you yourself and your grit. Come on, man. Mm. You need people. You need to trust people. Absolutely. You, you, you can't be successful on your own. You can't win on your own. You need somebody. 
I almost would you, say even with Jesus watching the perfect one, sometimes there, you can see him learning, <laughs> painfully learning, because when he sees the lack of faith in people, <laughs> when he mm-hmm. sees the people falling short, and he realizes, oh, I got to step up and do this one again. What is wrong with you? Like, I mean, he has actual reactions to things where he, where yeah. you see him challenged in moments. He just doesn't sin, but he feels things and he's growing in stature and in character as he's moving forward. I think people miss the growth of Jesus when we watch him, right? You, you yeah. do see a progression. Um, I, I have a good, a good friend, Mark, and he, he always says, and he, uh, you know, he's somewhat of a theologian and he, he went, um, you know, to, to college for it and whatnot. And he always says, when you see Jesus, in the first temptation, and, and he goes off into the, into the wilderness to be tempted. He goes, you know, he's got 30 days of a battle in him. And by the time he gets to the end of the temptations, the angels have to come and they have to, to you know, to minister, minister to, him. to him. He said, you can't yeah. tell me that's the same Jesus as Gethsemane, as Gethsemane. He says, that's a different man sitting there who is sweating tears like, like, as, as like blood. Like, like this is, like he, he now is, is in a different test. It's more powerful. It's stronger. Think of all he's, he's been betrayed. He's been left behind. They've threatened to kill him. He's, he's had to deny his family. There's all these things that have happened. And yet he still has a point where now this is the next temptation. Am I willing to say yes again, understanding that the yes is the death and the death is needed for the life? Am I willing to go for, Father, do I have to do this? But if I do have to do this, then may your will be done. There's a growth mm-hmm. there in that guard. Okay, this is the next test. This is the next growth. This is the yeah. next maturity. I, I, be, I think that if we don't acknowledge Jesus getting to say yes, and getting to grow and getting to mature and getting to do, if we don't acknowledge it, how do you say he lived a human existence? Like if you disregard the humanity part, what was the point? Like, okay, well, he just, he just got superhuman everything the whole time. Like, I don't think that's real. I think that he was feeling stuff like a human. Which is why scripture says we can go boldly to the throne of grace because we don't have a high priest who does not understand the things we've been through in our lives. I'm sorry. I'm just. No. I'm, am I, I making sense right, or it, am I am I talking crazy it, talk? No. Yeah, I'm, you in the book. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but even for the things like, you know, like Jesus wept, him flipping tables, like all those like all those things, like those are emotions that are coming out. He, you know. He's having that full human experience, you know, like it, I don't know, it, it, ma- it makes sense to me. And, and, and again, like if Jesus didn't have to grow, if the Bible would have never said, and he grew in wisdom and stature, Come on, like, but like, Jason, that was when he was, was a kid that, that said he was a kid when that happened. Why did he need to yes. grow as a kid? If he came out all with all of the God wisdom, like, it, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, he had to tap in. Like just, I won't say just like us. We trying to learn how to tap in just like him. Like, but at the end of the day, there's a right. process he went through. Um, listen, man, if y'all if y'all are lo- loving this conversation, or maybe you're hating it, maybe you're like, this is a stupid conversation. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Make sure you are leaving comments. Tell us, give us the other scriptures we missed. Share this with a friend. Get some. Hey, we're trying to be in our Last quiver today, in our bag. Okay, yeah. but this is the godly yeah. bag where we have submitted to. We prayed before we started. 
All right. Um, mm-hmm. So, Jason, how we how did we get in all this whole conversation? You were talking about how you were you were going through this season of your life, and then you were listening to this to season one of Hope Rising. And as you were listening, yeah. it reminded you of what's in your bag and and the, and the arrows and making sure you pulled them out. And then we went off all, on a whole tangent, which was the right conversation to have. I don't want to take right, up everybody's right. time or yours for for too much. And so here's where I right. want to go next, right? So you personally have been walking into the boldness of a new season uh, yes. with, with, with your wife and your family. You've got multiple things going on. You've got multiple things to protect and also multiple things to stand on. What has that journey been like for you? I'll just ask that question. What's that journey been like? It is... It's literally been probably the most difficult time in my life, like mentally and emotionally. And and that's not to say like, I mean, a lot of good things are happening. Like, like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm trying to be pretty open and transparent. So I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like, like, um, my wife is about six, seven months pregnant right now. Um, at the time that we're recording this, um, so, you know, I'm going to have uh, another child. Let's go. And that's Let's go. incredible. It's amazing. We celebrating so, that one. Come on, nephew. two-time dad. I, did I, was I supposed up? to say that? Was I was I allowed to say what it was coming out? Did I oh, mess up? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. Then yeah, let's you know, go, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, all, all, by the time they hear the family already know, so we're good. Um yeah, so I, I got another son coming. Um, God has blessed us that we are building our first house right now. And so that, that's that been a long-awaited like prayer that's happening right now. So like a lot of good things are happening, but yet and still, there's been such a submission that I've had to go through and a deconstructing that I'm still going through mm. of what do I feel like a man is and, you know, how, how to lead a household and, you know, just all, the, all these things. Like it, it's, it's been, it, it's, it's been a journey, man. And, it, and it's really have challenged me in some pretty significant ways. And to be even more honest, um, because sometimes I believe like you can hear about a good story too late. Uh, and sometimes you need it. <laughs> you be, you just be hitting gems. Sometimes you can hear about a story too late. But really, cause you know, like we, we always love the stories of like, all right, how did you overcome that? Um, but maybe sometimes it's helpful to hear like, okay, no, I'm in the midst of that. And you, we're always good of like, oh, this is what I did. Right. You know, like I read a book and did this and yada, yada, yada. Hey, that's all great to hear, but sometimes I feel like it's helpful to like really empathize with people so they know that like, yo, the experiences that I, that I'm feeling isn't just unique to me. Like somebody else has gone through this, like knowing that the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren in Christ in the world. I know I kind of butchered that a little bit, but it's cool. But saying that to say, like, like I like I haven't navigated this like the perfect like oh your will be done Father God whatever you say like <laughs> now y'all see how goofy this dude is at all times <laughs> so it hasn't been that um, but what it has looked like is not having energy for the day what it has looked like is a lot of questions and 
questioning in myself, like, are my efforts even worth it? Like if, 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 if I go out to the metaphorical field, um, or if I go into my proverbial metaphorical bag, since we've been talking about the bag, um, the bag given me, if I pull out this arrow and I shoot it, is it going to even hit a target or am I just sending this arrow out just to fall to the ground? Mm. And I don't know, but it's like yet and still there's something inside of me that's like, all right, here I go again. Just having to to shoot it out, to pull back, shoot it out and hope it hits its target. But but it's almost like, you know, like I, I lost sight of the arrow. It, like it's it's still going. It might hit its target. Oh, it might not. Jason, Jason, Jason. You know, part of the problem, Jason. When you watch people um, do long range target shooting, they never aim the arrow straight ahead. They always point the arrow up. Mm-hmm. And so it's they always point the bang. arrow up, and so sometimes mm-hmm. what happens is I point the arrow at what I'm staring at instead of pointing it past what I'm staring at into the next season that because that's where the target is that the arrow is actually meant to hit. And when it's a spiritual journey and a spiritual battle, I have to trust that what is above the arrow, the the wind is guiding it. Yeah. Because it knows where the destination is meant to be. So make sure your arrow is pointing up. A, a thousand percent because I, I know, and, and maybe y'all are like me. If I shoot an arrow, I want to see that mug hit the target. Like, <laughs> I, I want to see it immediately. I want I want confirmation that like I shot, I shot my shot and it hit where it needed to hit. I'm not trying to wait to see later on, like, okay, did I actually get it? No, I, I want to see it now. But a lot of times in our journeys, you're not going to see the fruits of your shot right now. You're not going to see the fruits of your labor. Nobody in the history of forever has ever planted an apple tree and immediately got apples Come on. seven days later. Come on, wisdom. Come on, wisdom. Oh, that's good. So, so you know, and so it's... um. Again, we're, we're Bible cast, so we're just going to hit Bible. Seed, time, harvest. I want seed harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't want the time. I, I don't want to have to wait. And here's also the crazy thing about an apple tree, too, because I, I was looking it up uh, a little while ago, is that even like when it's apple season and even when like your apple tree starts to like have fruit and whatnot, sometimes it's still not ready. So even you'll see the fruit there, but the fruit and the tree hasn't matured enough to where it's consumable. And so, so if good. you grab an apple off of the tree too early, then it could be, you know, you could just tell that like, oh, oh, God, this wasn't ready. This this, this isn't an apple that's right for consumption. And so many of us. But again, I'm going I'm to take it home for me. For me. As soon as I see any kind of type of anything looking like an apple on my tree, I want to partake in and eat it. I don't want to wait the time because you know, I've already been waiting years for this tree to sprout fruit. So now that I'm starting to see glimmers of fruit, now I have to wait even more until it's ready. And if you and take it off the tree too fast, you've removed it from the vine. And so now I just have under underdone not ready fruit 
that I can't do anything with it. I can't eat it. I have to throw it away. Come and it's on. of no use to me, to anybody. So but take, us, it, it just, take us home, Jay. Mm-hmm. Take us home. So you've you've been really transparent that you've had hard days, rough days, hard times, bad times. And yet there's kind of an understanding with everybody that's at least in our circle that you have entered into probably one of the best seasons of your life. And so that sounds a little bit counter to the story that you've told us. And yet I know it's all true. There's somebody else who is listening today and they're in a good season. Good things are happening in their life and yet it hurts and it's hard. And they got mornings when they don't know how to get out of bed and they don't have the energy to make it through the day. The same things you've described. How does a person find hope, find faith, find the strength to keep going? How do they do that when, when, when the fact that it's a good season isn't enough? <laughs> when, the, when the simple <laughs> knowledge that it's a good time is not enough? Yeah. Um, I would say what I'm learning and what I'm trying to learn is to have a long memory and a solid resolution. A long memory and a solid resolution. So a long memory meaning however you started off in your journey, if you have a promise, we all have a promise, but whatever like your specific promise is to know that like, okay, it can't end like this. My story doesn't end here. My story can't end here. So like no matter how I'm feeling, this can't be all that there is. Like, I feel like all of us on the inside have that something that even no matter how many, how much we want to remain comfortable or in our comfort zones and whatnot, there's always this little nagging thing in the back of our mind that says there's more. And so it, you just can't get away from it. You, you always know there's more. And so I, I, I feel like it just comes from a place of, like to to get through that being like really leaning into that more, you know, leaning into that, like, this can't be it. Like, and I also feel like for that, you really have to see yourself correctly. And so some of that work might have to also deal with going back to that cement, taking a jackhammer to remove who wrote in your cement when it was wet. Come on. And then replacing it. And even if the <laughs> even if the person that wrote in your cement was yourself, mm. even if it was you who who spoke those words over your life, that's even good. if it was me that said, "I'm not this" or "I can't" or anything like that, to be like, you know what? No, I I don't believe what I said about me. I believe what God says about me. That's it, I and I'm going to go with that. I was wrong. And now I've learned, I've learned the capital T truth, that what God mm-hmm. says is the real truth. And, and that's, and that's painful to do. Like, like it's literally like, it's a physical pain sometimes that we feel when we're wrong. And naturally we don't want to feel any kind of pain of any sort, but we like to, to face that pain of, I was wrong. No, no matter what it was, if it was you that wrote in your cement, if it was somebody else that wrote in your cement to say, However, I've been thinking about myself, whatever destructive thoughts I've been having about myself, I'm wrong. 
that hurts because then you have to let it go and then you have to reconstruct. But then I think once you do that, then you can get through those hard times and those hard days. And then having that resolution that um, it will get better. It will be something after this. Because if my story was in, then I'd be in the grave. Mm, come, on, come, if, on, since, come on, come on, come on. So since you're not in the grave, the story is not over. The story continues. And so there has to be more. There, there's more. There's more than life than just house cars and, you know, the tangible stuff that you can see. That's that's all cool in the gang. But the, but we're deep, complex people. There's more. And and I would even say that's that's the reason for the podcast, right? Um, I'm finishing up here because I know I'm talking long, but um, <laughs> that's that that's the that's the reason of the podcast, hope rising. That and that's why we found the people that we found, these successful, amazing people, and a lot of people that we brought on. Like they have the tangible stuff. Like they can easily show you the tangible stuff, but it doesn't fulfill you. It can't fulfill you. There's more. And so going, going for that more. There is more to your individual journey. There's more to you than you understand. There's more to God than what you've learned. And there is much more of hope rising on the way. Uh, the, the, the beautiful thing is uh, we're I doing this do very similarly to how we did last season. In season one, you would have no idea what was actually the first episode we filmed because we, we gave you guys the episodes out of order on purpose. Um, and so mm-hmm. we're doing the same thing this season. So we've actually already filmed multiple episodes for this season and I'm excited for where it's going and the, the type of people um you will have heard of more and more of the people who are coming on because we have uh, multiple guests who are who are honestly world renowned, um, and I'm kind of blown away um, that some of these people um, are joining us this early in the game. Uh, but that's how you know that the Lord's hand um, is is on us and is on <laughs> the podcast. And 100%. and I would be remiss with 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 all of this if I didn't give everyone what they want. You got to give the people what they want, Jason. And by the way, if you have if you have enjoyed this, by the way, again, we want your comments, your feedback, your thoughts. Um, Would you share this? Would you subscribe? Um, Like just help take things, move things to the next level. And we need to know the next level that Jason has to offer because he's not getting out of this episode without the question that everybody gets. (laughs) And so, Mr. Hairston. You are, there is a person a hundred years from now that is inside of a museum and it is a museum of popular culture. And as you walk through this museum, there is a room marked hope inside of the museum. Inside of that room, there is a time capsule and and it's got your name on it. And it has um, photos of you and your, your family. It has um, some video snippets of, of videos that you have, uh, have created and beats that you have made that have spanned the globe because some people don't know you're a musician and, and you are an engineer and you are so many different things. Shout out to you for all of the different things that you do. And then there is this recording and and there is somebody who is holding a tablet. They're holding it in their hands and they are in need of hope. What would you tell them that hope is? 
You know, it, it, it's funny. I've, I've heard this question tens of times at this point. Um, but to actually like give the answer, it is like, Oh man, I, I think I would tell them hope is the assurance that there's more to you and more to your life than what it may seem right now. Hope is the assurance that there's more to you and more to your life than what you see right now. Hope. I know it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Um, but it, it's it's faith and hope are so intertwined with one another. Like basically faith for the future is hope. And so as as that person is watching it, wherever they may find themselves, I, I, I just don't want them to be complacent with wherever they are now. Um, whether it's a great place or a not so great place, don't want you to just stay as you are. I, I want you to, to, to grow because again, you are a unique, never before have been, never before will be again person. And you have purpose and destiny and so much inside of you. And in no way can it be limited. In no way can it be shortchanged. You, your family, and the world needs the totality of who you are. And hope is that thing that you cling to that will get you there. I think that's what I would say. Everything that you would say to them, I hope you have listened to for yourself. Because it's all so real. And so true. And so, um, Jason, sure. I appreciate that you have joined us in this capacity. Um, all of our uh, listeners and viewers will be excited to know that you will be kind of taking an, an increased role in this season. They'll be seeing you pop up every now and then asking a few questions and just kind of sharing um, the podcast with me because you have, you know, just tremendous insights um, and wisdom to bring. If somebody has enjoyed hearing this, they want to find you online. Maybe they want to listen to your podcast because you have a podcast as well. Um, how does a person yeah. find you? So you can find me um, a multitude of ways, but I would say the, the, the best way um, you get through IG, you can either follow um, the business page, which is at EWT, Everyone Wins Together uh, Productions. So at EWT, that's on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, Threads. Well, no, I'm not on Threads yet. Sorry, but um, th those are the just those are the main lying ways. To people. Just lying. <laughs> just lying. Just lying. <laughs> Should have been um, a lawyer. Or... Just lie, lawyer. <laughs> just I'm sorry, that's my dear. Sorry. No, you good. Or you could um find me personally um on IG is at Jason Dante eight two four at Jason Dante eight two four. Either way. Um, I think those will be the best ways uh, to find me. And uh, yeah, it'll be great. And um, oh, yeah, you said a podcast. Yeah, I have a podcast too. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have a podcast, As Quiet As It's Kept. It's on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. It's available now. Season one's already up. As Quiet As It's Kept. Um, check us out. Leave a comment, rate, 
subscribe the whole nine and uh yeah you can and you also find me here with hope rising that's it that's it that's it that's it and so um you know we are we are truly excited about um this this season um you're gonna get a peek into different areas of of my life and our lives in this season and that um first season it was at least for me mostly strangers for me i was actually meeting most of those people for the first time uh in the midst of the interview but in this season you'll be meeting my my beautiful wife um you will be meeting some some of our friends and our close uh, compatriots what do you call them uh, you know, you'll be compadres. compadres. Uh, you'll be meeting some of our heroes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm telling you, this season is loaded already. And uh, and so one thing we do want to give you an opportunity to do um, is you might want to partner with with this podcast. We want to make sure that you have the ability to do that. Um, we are currently looking for multiple show sponsors. And the cool thing is yes. we actually have sponsorship packages and how they work is, I mean, we, we send you the packages. You can sponsor just one episode. You can sponsor multiple episodes. And so um, you have an opportunity to have, either have us talk about you in the midst of the episode, or you can actually submit a commercial um, that can be inputted. And so we go over all those details with you, but it's super affordable. Um, we understand that we're early on in the podcast game, so we're not trying to charge you a million dollars, but we do have costs and expenses. And so we appreciate all the support we've already had in terms of people showing up to the podcast. Now we're just looking for that extra support that helps us get hope rising to more ears and more eyes so that we can spread hope in every way possible. And and, and we, oh, I got one last thing. I got one last thing. I know you guys are used to us coming on here every Monday. And for some of you, this might have been your first episode. We're here every Monday. But by the way, we also go on live every Thursday. That is right. So today. Oh, y'all see this? This is the stuff he be doing off camera. Yeah, y'all saw that. Y'all saw that. Yeah, there, there it is. That's what I be talking about. So uh, can, right, wait, right quick, right quick. Before you continue. Yes. Um, also with the sponsorships and everything, mm-hmm. doing that will also help us get Awesome people like Coach Dion Sanders. Uh, if anybody has a plug, let us know. Just yeah, if, y'all, if, y'all, if any of you guys, I we said this every episode. If you have somebody that you're like, you guys need to sit down with so-and-so, please let yes. us know. But also, if you know people, like if you're a connector and you like, you guys would be great to talk to this person. And you know the person, hook us up, okay? Because that's please. that's sometimes people need people. Um, yeah. And so, like yeah, about. but, uh, yeah, every Thursday, uh, I think a lot of those episodes are probably just going to be me and Jason, but you never know. I mean, there's different ways we might do it, but we're going live. Right. We're going to be having conversations where you can jump in. You can, you can be a part of the conversation with your comments and your feedback and your mm-hmm. thoughts. And so that is something we're going to be doing. Uh, so today is Monday. When you look up on Thursday, we will be there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what time yet, uh, because we actually have to decide all the time still uh but you're gonna be seeing us i'm, I'm guessing it'll probably be around uh 8, 8 p.m eastern standard time it's my guess um and mm-hmm. so keep a lookout for hope rising live it's coming your way so that's the last couple things we are taking show sponsors if you want to be a sponsor if you want to sow a seed and support we would love to have it by the way in the comments um we do we do have our cash app there if you want to sow a seed to to bless us and to bless what we're trying to do we welcome it we always welcome your support um but then come see us thursday we gonna be live we're starting a new thing 
We're excited about it. And I'm excited about everything that is happening for season two of Hope Rising. So tell your friends. I was just thinking about, man, you remember remember that old video? Hide your kid, hide your wife. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Something is really wrong with me today. I'm so sorry. Uh, Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, hide your kid, hide your wife. I don't know how I got there. Anyway. So until you had to hide them, bring them out. That's it. So we will look forward to seeing you on Thursday live for some of you and for others. We might not see you again until next Monday, or you may not hear from us again until next Monday. And that is okay. But we look forward to seeing you again on Hope Rising, where the unfulfilled go to find fulfillment and the uninspired go for inspiration. We'll talk to you soon.